Broadcasting from a YouTube, SoundCloud, or iTunes station near you around the world. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. We are knee-deep in the 2017 NFL preseason, and that means Justin's NFL football pick show for the 2017-2018 season is now. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot tell you how pumped I am to be back for season six of the NFL Football Pick Show. More motivated than ever. We're going to have a hell of a season, our second season as a podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Hit you with the links. YouTube.com slash Bridgewater's Finest. SoundCloud.com slash Bridgewater's Finest. Or search Bridgewater's Finest in the SoundCloud app. And if you're on iTunes, search Bridgewater's Finest in the podcast store. You're going to find all the content that I put on that channel. And we're back. The sixth season of doing the NFL Football Pick Show. Coming off of probably the most successful season that we have ever had. The picks were right there with the best that I've ever put out. And the viewership and the interaction and everything that you folks as the audience gave me last season... It was just a shot of adrenaline. Like, it was awesome. I feel so good about this upcoming season. And we're going to get underway in much the same way that we got underway last year, which is an episode zero. This is going to be a three-part episode zero, whereas last year was a four-part. This part, part one of episode zero, again, try to keep all these numbers straight. Part one is going to be full AFC conference predictions through the entirety of the regular season like we did last year. Next week, you're going to get the full NFC predictions. That's what part two is going to be. And then part three, we're going to do a little Q&A. I've been asking um, in multiple places for a couple of weeks now for people to suggest questions, topics, things to talk about for a full-length NFL-related podcast on August the 28th, just a week before the regular season opens up. So that's what the August 28th portion of this is going to be, which would be part three of episode zero. This week you get AFC predictions. Next week we go to the NFC. Oh, also as a, as a special added bonus to the Q&A episode in a couple of weeks, you're going to get my full Super Bowl 52 prediction too. So as I mentioned, the links, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, make sure that you take the podcast with you wherever you happen to go. The SoundCloud app is an excellent app. A lot of people have the iTunes app on their phone. Obviously, most people have the YouTube app on their phone. You can catch this show anywhere you need to. But before we get into the AFC predictions, let's just do a little bit more housekeeping. We're just going to, obviously it's the first one of the year, so I'm so excited, but we're just going to talk about like episode format and things for once we actually get into the regular season. So the episode format is going to be basically exactly the same as last year. All the stuff you know and love from the episodes from last season. I loved the opportunity to t get to talk about every single game. Like in seasons past, it was, you really go in depth on like, you know, one or two games games or three maybe four you know something like that you don't get to go in depth on every single game we got to do that last season and I think it helped the picks it was to the picks benefit it was to the show's benefit so we're going to be doing that once again CFL picks are going to be back comment of the week is going to be back all the stuff that you loved from last season including fantasy corner I'm making a big a leap in fantasy sports this year with football and hockey going into dynasty fantasy sports keeper fantasy sports rather than just yearly redraft so i'm really excited about that also new this season i'm going to be doing a piece of weekly content for the hatbox nation youtube channel now the link to the hatbox nation youtube channel is going to be in the description below on youtube soundcloud and on itunes make sure you go over to that channel give them a subscription weekly content from me Hatbox, Billy B, and more. It's going to be a great channel all season long. Make sure you pop over and give that a subscription. And I guess the other big major change or minor change really from last season is how we're doing the Pick'em Leagues. So 
As you know, if you've followed my show for a few seasons, we do a Pick'em League every year. Last year, we did two. We did a straight up with confidence points, which is what I love to do. And we did an against the spread pool. I enjoyed the against the spread pool, but what I did is this year, there's not going to be an against the spread pool. We've sacrificed that in order to help Hatbox promote his league. So we're still doing the straight up Pick'em League, straight up wins, losses with confidence points. That is never going away. And I've got that information for you, but I'm also going to give you the information to join Hatbox's Pick'em League. We want to grow. Instead of everybody having their own league, we want to take a few leagues and try to grow them larger. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my meager little part in doing that. So for your Pick'em Poolies, here you go. My Pick'em League, the Bridgewater's Finest or the Justin's NFL Football Pick Show, Pick'em League, whatever you want to call it for season six. Here's the information. So we're doing it on Yahoo once again, as we've done every year. So it is football.fantasysports.yahoo.com slash pick'em. That's where you're going to want to go. Links to this in the description below. So don't worry if you don't want to type it. You can just click, click the links right there. There's going to be a link on that page that says join group. So you're going to want to go to that link. Click on that. And you got a couple of inputs where you can put in the league ID as well as the password. So the league ID for the Pick'em League for our show for season six is 9909. Once again, that was 9909. And the password for that league is BWFINEST. So B-W-F-I-N-E-S-T. One more time, all that information is going to be in the description below, but there it is for you. So that's the information to get into my Pick'em League. If you want to be like me and join Hatbox's Pick'em League as well, try to grow that league. Again, you go to the exact same place. The league ID is 7881. Once again, that was 7881. And the password is Hatbox, H. A-T-B-O-X. So make sure you join both of those Pick'em Leagues. And once again, that's a component of the show. If you win a week in my Pick'em League, you're going to get shouted out on the show. If you win a week in Hatbox's Pick'em League, you'll probably get shouted out on the show as well. So make sure you join both of those Pick'em Leagues. Let's have a great season. Put your picks head-to-head -head against mine, Hatbox's, and a ton of other NFL YouTube prognosticators. Speaking of which, the last thing that we'll do here is put in a shameless plug for the NFL YouTube prognosticators Facebook page. Check the description for the link to that. Make sure you join us. We talk football all season long. It's a great community. We have over 300 members. I would love to see that grow and explode this season. So make sure you find that link in the description and join us on the NFL YouTube prognosticators Facebook page. All right, folks, housekeeping taken care of. Let's get into these AFC predictions for the 2017-2018 regular season. And let's start in the AFC East right at the top. So obviously, AFC East, we're talking about Buffalo, Miami, New England, and the New York Jets. Best offense and best defense in this division. It's got to go to New England. Obviously, they were top 10 in both of those categories, total offense and total defense last season. But let's start in Buffalo. Buffalo, I think, has had one of the more interesting off-seasons, if you want to put it that way. A lot of movement trying to, not really a rebuild so much, but you can see, like, in little pieces, a bit of a debuild and to varying degrees of success. Before the past week or so, I would say the biggest, um, you know, the biggest move that Buffalo would have made was replacing Stefan Gilmore with Micah Hyde. So Stefan Gilmore walked away, going to New England, which is probably a double whammy there, making big money, obviously signing in New England. But they did manage to replace Gilmore with a good, young, sort of Swiss Army Knife-style D-back in Micah Hyde. They signed him for five years. He's only 26. He can play anywhere in that secondary. I think that's a good signing for the Bills. Does it necessarily make them a better team? Not really. 
Then, of course, the Bills were involved in a pair of deals where they acquired both EJ Gaines and Jordan Matthews, shedding themselves of Sammy Watkins. Now, again, does it make them a better team? Not necessarily. I like Jordan Matthews over Sammy Watkins. It might make them a better team. What it definitely did is made them a more dangerous team on draft day. So I guess take that for what it is. The Buffalo Bills right about, you know, are where they are. They were the 16th total offense in football last season, the 19th total defense. Now, one thing I'm going to do here for every team, too, is let you know how many games they play this season against teams that were top 10 offenses last year and teams that were top 10 defenses last year. And what I've kind of seen here is if you can keep that total number between those two under 10, you're probably in all right shape. Now, Buffalo plays the most or tied for the most top 10 offenses on their schedule this season. It's not an easy schedule. They play six games against the top 10 offense. Of course, two of those against New England. They only play three games against the top 10 defense. So expect to see a lot of points out of the Buffalo Bills this season. Bills are coming off a 7-9 season from last season. I think that's probably right around where they're going to wind up this season as well. I've got the Bills finishing 6-10 and 10 with their Week 6 bye. You know, it's they got a bit of a tough stretch uh, towards the end of the season, starting in Week 12. Week 13 and Week 14, they play back-to-back games against the top 10 offense. That is, home games against New England and Indianapolis. I think they lose both those games. I think they lose the game before that where they have to travel to KC. Two weeks afterwards, they have to go to New England. They're not winning that game. It's going to be a rough stretch here for Buffalo. They're going to have a couple of three-game losing streaks. Actually, they're going to have three, I believe, three-game losing streaks this season, and one of them is going to come right out of their bye week. A couple of tough home games for them. The Bucks. And the Raiders, two very good offenses. The Bucs have a really good defense. I don't think they win those games. I've got the Bills finishing 6-10. and 10. Let's go to Miami now. Biggest news, obviously, out of Miami. Ryan Tannehill is done for the year. Jay Cutler steps in to be the starting quarterback with Matt Moore as the backup. And you can't see me right now, but I am, you know, stretching my collar as if, like, to say, ooh, boy. Mario Williams, another significant departure for the Dolphins, although he really didn't play all that well last year after they signed him to the sign of the one-year show-me deal. But they did manage to add Lawrence Timmons to their defense core. They've been looking for a reliable linebacker play. They may find it in Lawrence Timmons. The Dolphins ranked outside the top 20 in both total offense and total defense last season, 24th and 29th respectively. They play five games this season against top 10 offenses. They play four games this season against top 10 defenses. They were 10 and 6 last year. They don't sniff that this year. I don't know how a team that was 24th and 29th in total offense and total defense managed to get to double digit wins. It's a shocker to me. It's not happening twice, especially not with Jay Cutler. So I honestly, I've got them. Why do I have them? I have them 5 and 11. I think this is going to be a tough season for Miami. They have to play tough teams not just within their own division like teams that they're competitive with but the other division that they happen to have to play which is uh, the NFC South I believe it is that's not an easy division there's high powered offenses in that division Miami's defense can't stop anybody especially on the run it is easy like I, I made a joke about it on the the progs page pop warner kids could run on the Dolphins defense so it's it's if you can't stop the run, you can't, you really can't win football games in this league outside of, you know, kind of miracles, which is, I guess, what happened with them last year. But 5-11, and 11, I've got the Dolphins. I think they don't win a game after their Week 11 bye. They've got three straight games against top 10 defenses at New England and then home to Denver and New England again. They don't win any of those games. I think at that point, the season is probably done. I don't think they win another game after their week 11 bye. They have to go to Baltimore. That's a tough game. They have to go to Atlanta. That's a really tough game. Tampa Bay, I don't think they beat Tampa Bay. So there's just, there's a lot of really rough games on Miami's schedule. I've got the Dolphins finishing at 5-11. and 11. 
Let's take a very brief second here to talk about the New England Patriots because the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's going to be another significant season for the New England Patriots. Interestingly enough, there's been a significant amount of turnover for the Patriots this season. I mean, they lost Martellus Bennett. They lost Chris Long. They've lost Logan Ryan, which may be the biggest loss on their defense. But then again, they did replace him with Stephon Gilmore. So, you know, hey, big deal. Now, they did bring in Brandon Cooks, and that's probably the biggest addition for the Patriots this season. Brandon Cooks really establishing himself as a legitimate wide receiver one with the New Orleans Saints, now comes over to the Patriots, gets Tom Brady, goes from elite quarterback to elite quarterback, so good news for him. But in this offense, I don't necessarily know. It'll be interesting to see how they deploy him, I guess. I'm not sure how much success he's going to find in this offense, but he does make their offense that much more dangerous. Again, as we mentioned, New England, top 10 offense, top 10 defense last season, ranking number four and number eight, respectively. They play four games this season against top 10 offenses from last year, but only play two games, two games against top 10 ranked defenses. They have the easiest schedule in this division, and it's just going to be another great season for the Patriots. I don't know what else to say. I've got them finishing 13-3 and and winning the division. The only games that they lose... They go to Denver right after their bye in week nine. I think they lose that game if Denver's defense really shows up and plays the way Denver's defense can. I think they lose that game. They have a home game with Atlanta, the Super Bowl rematch. Atlanta's fired up about that. Atlanta's going to win that game, even though the game's in New England. And in week two, I actually think the Patriots kind of get popped in the mouth relatively early this season. Week two, they have to go to New Orleans to play the Saints. And the Saints are so good at home. Even when they don't have good seasons, they're still so good at home. So I actually think the Saints win that game. But those are the only three games that I think the Patriots lose. They do not have to play a top 10 offense or or top 10 defense in back-to-back games all season. The schedule makers obviously were very good to them. Surprise, surprise. Patriots finish 13-3 and and win the division. Let's finish things off by talking about the New York Jets for this division. Obviously, the big loss for the Jets, Brandon Marshall. He's no longer there. They're trying to get younger. You know, Nick Mangold is also out, but Brandon Marshall obviously is the big Uh, loss there they've still got Eric Decker but you know losing Marshall Marshall's a guy that every single play you have to account for him so they don't have that dynamic aspect on their offense anymore they did add Morris Claiborne which look as long as he's healthy he's a good player for sure Uh, he's probably a top 20 cornerback in the league good enough to be a CB1 but he's got to stay healthy so It's going to be an interesting season here for the Jets, although I don't think it's going to be a super successful one. They did finish 5-11 last season. They're only the 26th ranked offense in football. They were just outside the top 10 in total defense. They ranked 11th. They play five top 10 offenses this season. They play four top 10 defenses this season. Jets quarterback play is going to be a big question mark. Basically, their whole offense, I think, is going to be a big question mark. And until I see it on the field, I can't go, certainly can't go any better than they finished last year. I got to see how the defense plays. Morris Claiborne stays healthy. If he gets hurt, that's one of their top two cornerbacks gone. And that's just going to spell bad news in this division with these opponents. I've got the Jets finishing 4 and 12 one game worse than they did last season their four wins i actually think week 14 late in the season they go to denver i think that's a trap game i actually like the jets to win that game so that's one of their four wins right there it's the only game that they will win in my opinion after their week 11 bye they got a game against buffalo at home that i think they win they got a game against jacksonville at home that i think they can win it'll be interesting to see how jacksonville's offense tries to progress i feel like we say that every season and they go to cleveland i mean the browns are still a tire fire so i think they probably win that game but those are the only four games that i think the jets win all season they go four and 12 and they are in the basement 
of the AFC East. Now let's move to the AFC West. You had the Chiefs and the Raiders, who both had 12 wins last season, had excellent seasons. The Broncos finished over 500 at 9-7. and seven. But let's start there. Let's start with Denver, because I think their case is really interesting because I don't feel like they've lost anybody. Their major loss was DeMarcus Ware, who decided to retire, injury concerns, things like that, obviously. But they can very easily replace DeMarcus Ware. They got a former first-round pick that they're going to slide right into that slot. I don't think they're going to feel that pain of losing DeMarcus Ware all that much. They did add to their offensive line, which is something that they need to do. Former Cowboys guard Ronald Leary has joined that squad, so hopefully their offensive line can be better. They can establish more of the run. They can give time to the quarterback, whoever the quarterback's going to be, whether it's going to be Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch. In my opinion, I think you put the young guy out there, Lynch. He's big. He's got the capacity to be a monster. that's who I would be playing. I would leave Simeon on the bench in case you need him in certain situations. That's the way that I would go with it, but obviously I'm not the coach. But the offensive line hopefully gets better with the addition of Leary. So here you go. Let's talk about the Broncos. Broncos only had the 27th total offense in football last season, but they were top five on the defensive side, ranking number four overall. They are tied with Buffalo having to play six games against top 10 offenses this season. Now they only have to play two against top 10 defenses and that is also fewest in the AFC. Tied with, you guessed it, New England. Despite the fact that I worry that they're going to have inconsistent quarterback play and I do worry about the offense that will hopefully get better if the offensive line gels and gets a little bit better, I still think Denver's going to be right in the conversation here for a wild card spot. I like the Broncos to do one better than last year and go 10-6. and six. Again, hopefully Paxton Lynch takes that next step forward. If not, Trevor Simeon's right there and he's adequate at quarterback. I don't think I'd be comfortable going much higher than adequate. But uh, I, again, I expect Paxton Lynch to win the job ultimately. I think they go 10-6. and six. Actually, I think they're going to be 10-4 and four before the last two games of the season. I think, unfortunately, it's going to be back-to-back losses. They have to go to Washington, and then they get Kansas City in the season finale. So I think they lose both of those games. Denver also does not have to play back-to-back games against top 10 defenses. They do have to play back-to-back games against top 10 offenses. Those come in week 15 and 16. They're at Indianapolis and at Washington. I think they have the offense, hopefully, to beat the Colts at Indy. So I think that happens. But then that's, again, back-to-back road games because then they go to Washington that next week. Washington's a game that I think they lose. But I do think they beat the Colts. One thing to watch out for, Denver has an early bye. In fact, they have the earliest bye in the AFC at week five. I would personally hate that. I would much rather have my bye closer to the middle of the season. So it'll be interesting to see how Denver plays here down the stretch because they're going to have a stretch of how many weeks in a row? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So 12 straight weeks of football after the bye week where they only have to play four games before they get the bye week. So it'll be interesting to see how they play down the stretch. I think they're going to be fine. That defense is obviously stout. They'll be a top 10 defense again this year for sure. I've got them finishing 10-6. and Let's talk about the Chiefs now in Kansas City. Their biggest change, I would say, would be right on their defensive line. Dontari Poe is now out of town, but he's seen his production slip in the past season or two. They replaced Dontari Poe with Benny Logan, and I honestly think Benny Logan will be able to replace Dontari Poe's production on that Chiefs defensive line. So you know what? It's probably a wash. Chiefs, as we mentioned, went 12-4 and last season. They were 6-2 and at home and 6-2 and on the road. Even split there. But again, it's another team that surprises me that they got to double-digit wins because they were 20th overall in total offense and 24th overall in total defense. So they weren't exactly lighting the numbers on fire. They were just doing enough to win those games. KC also has to play six games against top 10 offenses from last season. Of course, having to play Oakland uh, twice. Sorry, a little stumble there. 
So that is, again, tied for the most in the AFC. They have to play also five games against top 10 defenses because they got to play Denver twice. So that's 11 total games that they have to play against either a top 10 offense or a top 10 defense. That's going to be a difficult road to hoe for the Kansas City Chiefs. How I counter that is by saying, I think Spencer Ware is going to be one of the great players in the NFL this season. I think Ware is going to have a monster season. Fantasy terms, he's going to have a huge season, despite the fact that they got to play those good defenses, the good offenses. Those good offensive games are going to be shootouts. So I want a guy like Spencer Ware on my side rather than on my opponent's side. I think Kansas City, they're going to have a little bit of a drop. They're not going to do as well as they did last season, but they're still going to be in that conversation for a wild card spot. I like them to have the same record as Denver. I'm going to go 10 and 6. Now, Kansas City does have to play back to back games against top 10 offenses, weeks 6 and 7. They're home to Pittsburgh, and then they go to Oakland. I do think they lose both of those games. I think those offenses will be able to do enough to beat the Chiefs. That's two weeks before the bye week. After the bye week, I think they win out except for the week 14 game when they host Oakland. I think Oakland will be able to get it done twice against Kansas City this season. And that's what's really going to keep them out of the division conversation. But, you know, they're going to be firmly in there in the wildcard conversation with Denver in this division. So I've got them also finishing 10-6. and six. Let's go to San Diego. Oh, sorry, San Diego. Let's go to Los Angeles and talk about Philip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers. Now the Los Angeles Chargers, no longer the San Diego Chargers. The Chargers attempted to address probably the biggest weakness on their team, which is the offensive line, signing former Broncos left tackle Russell Okung. That's probably the biggest arrival that they've had. It was not directly at the cost of, but potentially at the cost of, Danny Woodhead. So Danny Woodhead no longer on the Chargers. Look, he tore his ACL in 2016. He missed 14 games. He was seen as expendable, obviously, with the emergence of Melvin Gordon. But the fact that Danny Woodhead is no longer on the team means one of the better scat back running backs in the NFL is no longer on your offense and that's something that teams don't necessarily have to account for anymore. So it might make the offense a little less dynamic. Chargers were 5-11 last season in their final season in San Diego. Despite having a top half of the league total offense, they were 14th overall. They played five games against top 10 offenses from last year and five games against top 10 defenses from last year, which means they've hit that dreaded 10 number, something definitely to keep in mind. But uh, don't worry, San Diego. There's one thing you don't have to worry about, and that's the Chargers suddenly miraculously becoming this incredible football team. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to have a season very similar to what they had last season. I've got the Chargers finishing 4-12. and 12. Chargers have to play a pair of top 10 defenses from last season heading into their bye week. That is Denver at home and then traveling to New England to play the Patriots. They're not winning either of those games. Actually, I think the Chargers only win one of their first eight games. This is a 1-7 and seven team heading into their bye week. After the bye week, I think they play 500 football. They go to Jacksonville. I think they win that game. They've got Cleveland at home. They go to New York to play the Jets. I think they win that game. But it's not going to be any kind of remarkable season here for the Chargers. I've got them finishing 4-12, and 12, and they are firmly in the basement of this division. Now let's go to Oakland, and let's talk about the Raiders coming off of a hugely successful season for them. Latavius Murray, probably the biggest name to be out the door this offseason. They've replaced him with Marshawn Lynch. It'll be really interesting to see if Marshawn Lynch is still the player that he has been in the past and that we think he is. They've also brought in Jared Cook at tight end, who has experience, obviously, playing with a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. And now he gets a developing great quarterback in Carr in Oakland. It is a big upgrade for the Raiders at the position. He's an athletic player. I think the Raiders offense, if anything, is going to be better this season. 
It's hard to make up for the 12 touchdowns that Murray scored last year, but hopefully if Marshawn Lynch can get close to or hit double digits, they're not going to feel it that much. As I mentioned, the Raiders were 12-4 and last season, despite only having the 26th ranked defense in football in terms of total defense. They were a top 10 total offense, though, at number 6, head and shoulders the best offense in this division. Oakland is going to need every little bit of that offense this season as twice this season they play at least back-to-back games against top 10 ranked defenses from 2016. Week 4 and 5, they go to Denver and then they come back home to play Baltimore. I think they lose against Denver, but I think they beat Baltimore as Baltimore is not a great road team. I think they beat Baltimore in Oakland. Then coming out of their bye week in week 10, they play three straight games against top 10 total defenses from last season. Now, luckily for them, all three of those games are at home. Right out of the bye, they get the Patriots. I do think they lose that game. But after that, they get Denver and the New York Giants in back-to-back games at home. I think they win both of those games despite the fact that they're playing against top 10 total defenses. So in those five games, if Oakland can just go over 500, they're going to be perfectly fine the rest of the season. I have Oakland finishing 13-3, and one better than last season, and winning this division. Again, I think Denver and Kansas City will be fighting it out for wildcard spots, but I think Oakland, head and shoulders, wins this division. Are you having fun? Because I'm having fun. Let's go to the AFC North. Obviously, AFC North, we're talking about Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh, definitely the best offense in this division. They were top 10 last year. Baltimore, definitely the top defense in this division. They were also top 10 last year. Both of those, both Pittsburgh on offense and Baltimore on defense, ranked number 7 overall. Biggest loss for the Ravens in this offseason, I would say, is probably Ricky Wagner on the right tackle. Now, their offensive line didn't play as well last season as they have in seasons past. He was probably the second best offensive lineman on the team behind, I guess, probably Marshall Yanda. So he's not there anymore. I don't think production will drop off huge. I expect him to replace him with uh, probably James Hurst. I would think he'll probably step into the right tackle position. So hopefully the drop-off there is not too bad. That offensive line needs to play better than it did last season in order for the Ravens to do anything. What they did do is they added to this defense, bringing in Tony Jefferson at the strong safety position, uh, one of the more highly sought-after defensive players, probably the top safety in the free agency class, he's now a member of an already really good defense. So on the defensive side, eh, I think Baltimore will be just fine. Ravens were an even 8-8 eight and eight last season. They had the number 17 ranked offense in football, despite the fact that the offensive line play was a little wonky. And like I mentioned, they were a top 10 total defense, number 7 overall. They play five games this season against top 10 offenses from last year. They only play three games against top 10 defenses. So the offense is going to have all the opportunity in the world to play better this season than they did last season. That defense is going to have to hold up against some pretty good offensive teams, including, of course, having to play Pittsburgh twice. Speaking of Pittsburgh, the Ravens at one point will have to play back-to-back games against top 10 total offenses from last season. They've got Pittsburgh at home, and then they travel to Oakland to play the Raiders. This is in weeks four and five. I do think Baltimore beats Pittsburgh in Baltimore. Baltimore's obviously a very, very good home team. Kind of a mediocre road team, so I think they go to Oakland. They probably lose that game. If they can split those two games, I think Baltimore will be just fine. I've got the Ravens finishing at 10-6, and and they're going to be in the conversation for either a wild card or or maybe even the division. But I've got them getting to 10 wins. If they can split those two games, there's there's road games here that there's just no chance that, that Baltimore is going to win. Even having to go to Jacksonville, like not that Jacksonville is this great team, but their defense is really good, and I think it's only going to get better. Jacksonville, the fact that Jacksonville had a bad season last season, and we'll talk about this later, had nothing to do with the defense. So they got a good defense. They could win that game. They have to go to Minnesota. I think Minnesota wins that game probably hands down. 
After the bye week, they have to go to Green Bay. Green Bay beats Baltimore and Green Bay, no question about it. They lose the game when they have to go to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. So they're going to get a split there with the Steelers, I think. And then even the game at the end of the season, they have Cincinnati at home, like in Baltimore. But that could be a bit of a trap game for me. Cincinnati could be playing for some pride at that point. I think Cincinnati wins that game. So I've got Baltimore at 10-6. and six. They're going to be in the conversation there for the division. Speaking of Cincinnati, let's talk about the Bengals. I think this is going to be rough. So, in this offseason, the Bengals have lost their two best offensive line players, both on the same side, and of course, it's the quarterback's blind side. They lost their starting left tackle and their starting left guard, the two best players on their offensive line in the same offseason. Ouch. Now, their biggest addition, they brought in a great linebacker, Kevin Minter from, I believe it was the Cardinals who he played for before, but they also lost Ray Maualuga. So it's not that Minter's not an upgrade over Maualuga, because I think he is, but the fact that you added after you subtracted from the exact same position, it kind of feels like a wash to me, although I think they will get... Uh, slightly better on the defensive side that offensive line is going to be one of the storylines to watch early in these this NFL season because they play a couple of teams that are pretty darn good on defense and on the pass rush Cincinnati was 6-9 and 1 last season now they did have a top half of the league total offense at number 13 overall and they were just outside the top half of the league in total defense at number 17, I expect that offensive number to go down, having lost your two best uh, offensive line players. They have four games against top 10 offenses this season, six games against top 10 defenses. It does hit that number 10, and having to play six games against top 10 total defenses, including having to play Baltimore twice, you know, not looking good. As far as I'm concerned, anyway, not looking good for the Bengals. The schedule makers were also not super, super, super nice to the Bengals. They do have to play back-to-back games against top 10 total defenses right out the gate. They've got Baltimore and Houston back-to-back games weeks one and two. Now, both of those games are at home, but I think they lose to Baltimore, but I think they do beat Houston because I really don't know what we're going to get out of that Texans offense so I'm gonna give them the Houston game they're gonna split those two games but then right out of their week six bye week in weeks seven and eight they got to play back-to-back games against top 10 total offenses they have to go to Pittsburgh and then they have to come back home and play Indianapolis quite frankly I think they lose both of those games I don't think the defense holds up in the Pittsburgh game and I think that kind of softens them up and I think Indianapolis wins that game right afterwards. So that's going to be a rough stretch for them. They're going to have, again, a couple of points in the season where they lose back-to-back games. I've only got Cincinnati going 6-10. and 10. I'll give them the same number of wins they had last season because it feels like, aside from losing those guys on the offensive line, nothing much in Cincinnati has changed. A.J. Green is still an elite player. He's still going to have a great season. But I don't think a lot's changed, so I really can't go much higher on the win total. In fact, up until their week six bye, I think Cincinnati only wins one game, and that's that week two game where they're at home against Houston. They got to hit the road in back-to-back games right after that, going into Green Bay, not winning that game. And then even going to Cleveland, that's a trap game for me, division game in Cleveland. I think Cleveland wins that football game in week four. I do have them winning back-to-back road games in week 9 and 10. They go to Jacksonville and then to Tennessee. I think they win both of those games, but it's not going to be a great season here for Cincinnati. They weren't great. Actually, they were pretty bad on the road last year. They were only 2-6, and six. so there's those two road wins for you right there. But I'm only willing to go 6-10. and 10. And now let's talk about the Cleveland Browns for about a minute and a half. Uh, They lost Terrell Pryor. That's a huge hit to the offense. They replaced him with Kenny Britt. As long as Kenny Britt's healthy, that's probably a decent exchange. Like, look, Terrell Pryor, I think, is an excellent player. He's a guy that I'm going to try to target in fantasy. Uh, Kenny Britt might be a little more ready to be a number one. I don't know. Uh, But, uh, again, it's like it's Cleveland's offense. Like, what are we really talking about here? They did improve on the offensive line they did get uh, Kevin Zeitler 
from division rival Cincinnati, no less. They also brought on another guard, Joel Batonio, I believe is how you pronounce that, and then also signed J.C. Treader, who was a center. So they're trying to make that offensive line much better. And on paper, Browns have one of the better offensive lines in the AFC. On paper. On paper. Look, we're talking about a 1-15 football team from last season. It's it's tough to get hyped for it. Number 30 overall total offense. Number 31 overall total defense from last season. They play four games against top 10 offenses. Five games against top 10 defenses. That is going to be very difficult for them. But I do think their win total improves from last season. By how much? I actually think it goes up by two I think they're a 3-13 football team, and I think that's something the Browns should actually be fairly excited over given that they went 1-15 last season. They do not, at any point this season, have to play back-to-back games against the top 10 total offense or a top 10 total defense. They've got winnable games on their schedule. As I mentioned, that trap game week four where Cincinnati comes to Cleveland, I think Cleveland wins that game. That's the only game I think they win before their bye week in week nine, but I think they win that game. Jacksonville comes to Cleveland, and Jacksonville has no idea how to win on the road with any kind of consistency. I gave that game to Cleveland, and then the finale, the season finale, week 17, at Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh may not have anything possibly to play for at that point. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I think that's another trap game. I think Cleveland wins that game to finish off the season. They go 3-13 and from what I can see. Speaking of Pittsburgh, let's talk about Pittsburgh to round out the AFC North. Pittsburgh, they were 11-5 and last season. Lawrence Timmons, obviously the most notable departure for the Steelers. I mean, look, he was a Steelers stalwart for 10 years. One of the better linebackers on that team and in the AFC, a guy that was feared. He has decided to go to Miami. He joined the Dolphins. His play kind of dropped off last season, especially in coverage. So I don't think it's a it's a monstrous loss, but it, it does definitely hurt the fan base who got to watch this guy for a decade. Tyson Alualu, I hope that's how you pronounce that. A defensive end, uh, hopefully, is going to be their biggest and best arrival. He was on the D-line for the Jaguars for a few seasons. He's a versatile player. So hopefully that makes the Steelers' pass rush a little bit better. As I mentioned, Steelers were 11-5 and last season. Number 7 total offense in football in 2016. Number 12 total defense. So look, that's... firmly top half of the league it's almost top 10 Pittsburgh's defense is nothing to sneeze at maybe it's a little bit old but or the the impression is anyway that the defense is a little bit old this is still a good defensive unit and an excellent team they play only three games this season against top 10 offenses that is important to note because that defense is going to look fairly good Pittsburgh might be a dark horse defense you might want to grab in fantasy. However, they do play six games against top 10 total defenses from last season. So that offense, all those great offensive players that the Steelers have, you're going to want to make a note of that. Six games against top 10 total defenses, including two against Baltimore. Twice this season, Pittsburgh will have to play at least back-to-back games against top 10 total defenses from last season. Weeks four and five, they have to go to Baltimore and then back home to host Jacksonville. I think they split those games. They lose in Baltimore, but they beat Jacksonville at home. And then weeks 14, 15, and 16. What a tough stretch this is going to be. Home to Baltimore, a tough division game where they're going to get beat up. Home to New England. So New England gets to come in and pick the bones there. Again, thank you, schedule makers. And then they have to go to Houston to play the Texans. That's a really tough stretch late in the season, four weeks after the bye week. So they've been playing straight football for a month. That's going to be tough. I do think they beat Baltimore. They, uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore are going to split. So I do think they beat Baltimore, but I think they lose to New England and they lose in Houston. The Texans, a very good home team. I think Pittsburgh loses that game. I have Pittsburgh also finishing 10 and 6 like I had Baltimore finishing. I can't say right now who the division winner would be because you go through the first tiebreaker, second tiebreaker, third tiebreaker, fourth tiebreaker 
and it's all tied. So he gets down to the fifth tiebreaker, which is strength of schedule and we can't do that until we predict the nfc so it's too close to call at this point we're calling a florida recount on this one i don't know who's going to win the afc north it's going to be either baltimore or pittsburgh at 10 and 6 i just don't know who it's going to be yet all right folks let's finish this off afc south we're talking about houston indy jacksonville and tennessee uh, best offense in this division it's got to be Indianapolis although Tennessee really gave them a run for their money in terms of total offense those two teams were number 10 and number 11 in those categories top defense in this division from last season was definitely Houston although as we mentioned Jacksonville was right in there a top 10 total defense in Jacksonville and again their bad season was not on the defense so we're going to start in Houston, who have a really interesting situation here where they lost arguably the best player in their secondary in A.J. Bouye. Bouye? Is that, I, think it's, I think it might be Bouye, but I'm, I'm bad with certain names. A.J. Bouye, cornerback, breakout player in 2016, arguably the best player in their secondary. He is now gone. He is no longer the team's number one quarterback cornerback he has gone to division rival he's gone to jacksonville to be their number one cornerback now look the texans have depth in their secondary so it's not going to be a huge problem but you can't just you know brush off losing the best player in your secondary either it's going to be an adjustment period for sure compound that with they haven't really added anybody because they're right up against the cap so there's really no major arrivals in Houston, but a pretty darn significant departure on the defensive side. I suppose it's not fair to say they haven't brought in anybody. They did, they did bring in Bruce Ellington. So they did bring him in. He is a weapon. He's a target. But also, what are we going to get out of the quarterback play? Is it going to be Tom Savage? Is it going to be Deshaun Watson? We don't really know that yet. So I guess it's not fair to say that they didn't add anybody. They did add Bruce Ellington. Texans were 9-7 and seven in a weak division last year. They were the only 29th total offense in football last season, but they did have the number one total defense that will unquestionably take a hit with A.J. Bouye. I screwed up his name again. With that cornerback, because I clearly can't pronounce his name, not being on the team anymore. So that is definitely going to take a hit. They play five games this season against top 10 total offenses from last season and seven games against top 10 total defenses. So good luck, Tom Savage and or Deshaun Watson. That's 12 total games that they have to play either a top 10 total offense or top 10 total defense. This division was fed to the Wolves this season and we'll get more into it later. Houston will have a three-game stretch in the middle of the season, weeks 10, 11, and 12, where they have to play back-to-back-to-back games against top 10 total defenses from last season. They're at the LA Rams. I do think they win that game. But then Arizona comes to town, and then they're at Baltimore. I think Houston loses both of those games. Compound that with, at the end of the season, their last two games are back-to-back games against top 10 total offenses. They are against Pittsburgh at home, and then they're in Indianapolis. I do think they beat Pittsburgh in Week 16 just because the game is in Houston, and Houston's a very difficult place to win in. But they go to Indy, they're losing that game as, as the last game of the season. They're definitely losing that division game. And again, this is where this division just got fed to the Wolves because they have to play Arizona, Seattle, the Rams. Now, sure, they get to play the 49ers. Fantastic. But that's three really damn good defenses that this division has to play. So if you're not an elite offense, you're going to have a bad time. And I think Houston's going to have a bad time. I've only got the Texans finishing 6-10 and 10 this season. I need to see how the defense reacts to losing the best player in their secondary. I need to see how the QB battle goes. I need to see who wins that. How does that impact and improve or or lack thereof their wide receiver core i need to see what we're going to get out of lamar miller there's a lot of got to wait and seize so honestly i can't give houston the season that they had last season so they're only a six and ten football team to me let's go to indianapolis now and talk about the colts their biggest departure and biggest arrival basically come on the defensive side of the football they did lose mike adams at strong safety 
So they didn't lose a huge piece, but I guess Adams would be probably the biggest piece that they did lose. Bit of a ball hawk. I mean, he's he's 36 years old. So man-to-man, he's probably not the greatest anymore, but he's probably the biggest departure on the defensive side. Now, they did bring in Jonathan Hankins from the Giants. He's now over to the Colts. One of the better, probably, run-stopping DTs in the AFC now, I would say. So that's definitely an upgrade for them. They need to be able to stop people on the defensive side, as we will see when we talk about them on total defense from last season. So arguably the defense, I guess, got a little bit better by losing Adams but gaining Jonathan Hankins. Colts were a 500 football team last year at 8-8. Eight and eight. They were the number 10 total offense in football, but the number 30 total defense Holy cow, was it ever easy to play against the Colts' defense. They will play only two games this season against top 10 total offenses. So the defense is going to have an opportunity to play big for the Colts this season. Only two games against the top 10 total offenses from last season is the lowest in the AFC. The give back there is they have to play the most top 10 total defenses in football in the AFC, nine games, nine games against top 10 total defenses from last season. Oh my Lord. Something tells me, you know, Andrew Luck, Dante Moncrief, T.Y. Hilton, maybe you want to avoid them in fantasy this year. Just maybe, just, just throwing it out there. Twice this season, the Colts have to play at least back-to-back games against top 10 total defenses, obviously, if they play them nine times. And that's right out of the gate at the beginning of the season. Week one, they go to the LA Rams, and then week two, they welcome Arizona. I think they beat the Rams in LA, but that Arizona game, I'm going to have to give that one to the Cardinals. So they split that one. And then right at the end of the season, the last three weeks of the season, three straight games against top 10 total defenses. We're talking about home game against Denver in week 15, going to Baltimore in week 16, and then a home meeting with Houston to end the season week 17. Uh, Those first two games, I think they lose. I think Denver comes to town. I think Denver beats Indianapolis in Indy. They go to Baltimore. I think they lose that game. I think Baltimore's... Uh, The defense is going to win them that game. Uh, Houston, I think they beat because the game's in Indianapolis. They're a pretty decent home team. I think they beat Houston. Houston really struggled on the road last year. So I think they win that one. So overall, I think they're probably two and three in those five games that we looked at there. But I think this is a nine and seven football team. And in this division, that's good enough to win the division. So I've got them at nine and seven and I've got them winning the division at nine and seven. We talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the fact that their defense was a top 10 total defense from last season. If anything, this defense has gotten better. Now, they did lose Jonathan Cyprian, who is kind of a name player if you follow Jacksonville at all. So they did lose Cyprian. It was definitely their biggest loss, but then they immediately replaced him with Barry Church. So that's an upgrade as far as I'm concerned. So they upgraded with their biggest departure. That's great. But then they also brought in... A.J. Boye, who I mentioned before. I'm just going to plow right through mispronouncing his name. And they added Kalei Campbell. So they've made their defense better than the sixth overall defense from last season. Now, of course, they only had the 23rd total offense from last season. So not exactly the strongest offense. But that defense, to me, has gotten better. They're only 3-13 last season. They play four games against top 10 offenses, six games against top 10 total defenses, which is actually the fewest in this division. As much as I said Houston takes a step back, I actually think Jacksonville finally takes that step forward this season, but it's not going to be easy. In four consecutive weeks, from week 12 to week 15, they play back-to-back game against top 10 total offenses and then immediately back-to-back games against top 10 total defenses that's going to be a real tough stretch for the Jaguars this season so again week 12 they go to Arizona I think they lose that game but week 13 they come back home Indy comes to town I think if the offense can perform at all they can beat Indianapolis so I'm going to give them that game but then 
After that, they got back-to-back home games. Seattle comes to town. I don't think they're winning that game. Seattle just objectively a better team with a really good defense, better offense. I think Seattle wins that game. Then they welcome Houston. I think they beat Houston. The game's in Jacksonville. I think they beat Houston. So they can go 2-2 two and two in that monster four-game stretch. I think they're going to be perfectly fine. I've actually got the Jags taking a step forward. I think they finished 6-10. and 10. So that's a three-game improvement over last season. It's not going to start out looking great. I think they lose four of their first five games, but I think they win back-to-back games going into their bye week. They're going to hit another rough stretch. They're going to probably lose three, maybe four in a row, but they're just they're going to wind up six and ten, which is an improvement. It's something to be optimistic about. I think that defense is going to play really well. There's a number of really winnable games on their schedule, so I've got the Jags at six and ten. And finally, we're going to look at the Tennessee Titans. Biggest change on the Titans this season has come in the secondary. Jason McCourty, who has been with the team for a long time. I believe he was their longest tenured player. uh, No longer with the team. I mean, he's about to turn 30. His play did drop off last season. They replaced him with Logan Ryan from the Patriots. A very good uh, upgrade, I would say. One of the best tackling cornerbacks in, certainly in the AFC, but even in football. So that's an improvement as far as I'm concerned in Tennessee's secondary. They're going to miss McCourty just as the locker room presence kind of thing. But on the field, I think getting Logan Ryan is an upgrade. Titans were 9-7 and seven last season. Over 500. Can't hate that. As we mentioned, the number 11 total offense in football. And they were just barely inside the top 20 in terms of total defense at exactly number 20. They play five games against top 10 total offenses from last season and eight games against top 10 total defenses from last season. So even if you, even though like those numbers but on their own are not the highest in either category, if you put them together, that's 13 total games against either a top 10 total offense or top 10 total defense. That is the worst in this division. That is the most in this division. I think Tennessee is going to have a really hard go of things this season. And the schedule makers did them absolutely no favors at all. Hashtag, who did you piss off? So, Tennessee this season has to play three consecutive games against top 10 total defenses in weeks two, three, and four. They beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville, but lose to Seattle at home and to Houston in Houston. Weeks 11 and 12, back-to-back games against top 10 total offenses. They're in Pittsburgh and in Indianapolis. I think they lose both of those games. Immediately right after that, weeks 13 and 14, back-to-back games against top 10 total defenses. They will beat Houston at home, but they have to go to Arizona right after that. They're going to lose that game. And then to end the season, back-to-back games against top 10 total defenses, home games against the Rams and the Jags. Now, I do think they win both of those games. But all of it adds up to a 7-9 and nine season. They're going to be under 500. It's the toughest schedule, I believe, in the AFC this season. Tennessee's going to make a great go of things, but I think they're going to finish under 500 at 7-9. and nine. Holy cow, who in the schedule-making office did you guys piss off? So there you have it, folks. There are your full AFC predictions for the 2017-2018 NFL regular season. AFC East, I've got New England winning the division at 13-3. AFC West, I have Oakland winning the division also at 13-3. AFC North is too close to call. Either Baltimore or Pittsburgh will win that division with a record of 10-6. And in the poor, hapless AFC South, the only team to finish over 500, which will be the Indianapolis Colts at 9-7, will win that division. Those are the predictions. What are your AFC predictions? I'd love to hear about them in the comment section below. Also, I'd love to hear your questions, topics that you would like me to talk about on August the 29th, I believe it is, the 29th, when I do part three of episode zero, which is just going to be a Q&A topic discussion, as well as my Super Bowl 52 full prediction. Oh, what the hell? Why don't we just do a full playoff prediction? Why don't we do that? 
So that's what we'll do for part three. But again, in the comment section below, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Facebook in the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, your questions, topics, things you'd like me to talk about for part three. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. The NFL Picks Show is back. The NFL season will be back before you know it. I couldn't be more excited. I hope you'll join me all damn season long. Join the Pick'em group, and we will see you next week for full NFC predictions. See you then. Thank you.